Welcome to the Guns and Yoga Podcast. My name is Wendy Hummel. As we continue this week with our retiree masterclass series and explore the pillar of leadership, I wanted to share something that I recently learned about that ties right into what I wanted to discuss today. As I shared last time, the first concept of the conscious leadership paradigm is radical responsibility. This entails taking charge of your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and relational well-being. As we begin to better manage our nervous system and increase self-awareness, we are better equipped to take radical responsibility for the circumstances of our lives and become more open, curious, and growth-minded. One avenue is to surround yourself with others that are interested in this same path. I recently learned of a social dynamic among female elephant herds called elephant circles, and I shared it with some incredible women who I know, much like a women's circle, which is an ancient practice where women gather to provide a safe place to connect, share, and empower. The elephant circle is formed either when a female elephant is giving birth or one is injured. Either way, the other female elephants gather in a circle, protecting their sister from outside attackers when she is vulnerable. As fierce protectors, when a sister is down, they gather around her, shoulder to shoulder, they stomp, kick up dust, masking her vulnerability, much like what women do for each other when they're speaking up or sharing new ideas, new spaces, and new life. When they need their people to surround them so that they can create, heal, or recover, we circle up, we have each other's backs. After the new life comes or when healing begins or the darkness begins to lift and our sister is ready to rise back up, we celebrate. We're meant to be there for one another and sometimes we're the ones in the middle and sometimes we're the ones kicking up the dust with fierce love. Throughout my career in law enforcement, there were sporadic attempts at the female officers getting together, usually with the female recruits, to tell them what to expect once they graduated the academy. We would discuss things like the places with the cleanest bathrooms on third shift, how to master taking the gun belt on and off, dating other officers, what happens when you get pregnant, and proving yourself to your male counterparts. This was usually a one and done meeting, and most of my female friendships and support networks were very informal. Although I felt a strong sense of wanting to outwardly support other women, I'm a bit ashamed and embarrassed to admit that I didn't really always do this because fitting in trumped this instinct. Over the years, there was talk of female officers meeting. Typically, the extent of this was a female officer's range day or just a good old-fashioned girl's night out. While I had close relationships with other female officers and we supported one another behind the scenes, I can't help but wonder what a more widespread effort would have resulted in I was one of those women that wanted to fit in. I didn't want to be judged for my gender, but my work ethic. I was afraid that if I was part of a women's group, that the guys would judge me and I would no longer be accepted. I've had a lot of conversations surrounding this topic with a lot of people with varying opinions on the subject. And here's where I land now at 54 years old, four years post-retirement. Supporting other women doesn't mean that I'm against men. In fact, it has nothing at all to do with that. There are still only 12 to 14% of women in law enforcement, and the stats are even more daunting as we move up the ranks. As women, we have the opportunity to be our best allies or our worst enemies. When we come together, we have more opportunity collectively than individually to support one another's talents, ideas, aspirations, and goals. 
The genius of the group is much greater than the sum of its brilliant parts. This is simply peer support in action. Many first responder agencies have embedded peer support programs. Peer support is based on the premise that you can be vulnerable with others in a safe environment with those that you have something in common with. It is common for these groups to form a circle when they meet so that everyone can see each other. The circle is a universal symbol with extensive meaning, but I refer to it within the context of community, shared purpose, support, and collaboration. I recently read a Wall Street Journal article that was discussing a private women's club geared towards high-level female executives. The club's selling point are peer support groups comprised of eight to 10 women that meet about every four to six weeks. The sessions are facilitated and provide women a venue to share personal and professional challenges with each other that are like-minded and have similar professions and aspirations. These modern day women's circles once again prove that we're better when we come together. This same principle applies to retirees. A recent article by Dr. Brian Kennard that appears in Psychology Today titled Peer-to-Peer Support for Police Veterans addresses the transition to retirement and offers suggestions for those seeking support. As I mentioned last time, we spend a lot of time training and preparing for this career, but little to no attention is given to our exit. It's our responsibility to do this for ourselves. Connection with others is a component of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that he puts after safety and physiological needs, which we covered last time with the importance of the nervous system and regulating it and stress management. But some experts argue that this is actually the most important component. As we look for ways to expand our inner leadership, being with other retirees can create an almost immediate sense of familiarity and safety. Dr. Kennard points out in his article, an important distinction between experience and sameness that's important to consider when seeking support. He says, quote, having an experience of something makes it more relatable or understandable than when we don't. We often say to others, been there, done that. Experience then becomes a shared reality between two people that can outweigh the process of trying to put yourself in another's shoes. Moreover, having the same experience can make something even more understandable than just having a similar one. While similarity can count for understanding some things, it may not count for others because it still possesses too many variables that make it unique to the individual, unquote. In the world of peer support, retirees present an entirely different set of circumstances that only those who have walked that path can really truly relate to. What Dr. Kennard refers to as sameness. Until I retired, I had no idea how difficult it would be for me. I gave it zero thought and I assumed that I had it all figured out. I had all the proper resources in place. I had a family, I had hobbies, and I had friends. To this day, four years post-retirement, I still experience the residue of unresolved trauma, moral injury, and continue to find ways to support my future path, health, and vitality. Connecting with other retirees, whether it be one-on-one or a more formal effort, is something that any retiree should strongly consider, and it's something that I've started to do proactively for myself. Even if you are that guy or girl that didn't have a lot of police friendships outside of work, having something in place can be really helpful. As I have learned, things have a way of rearing their ugly head when you least expect it. And even if you retire under the best of circumstances, 
it can't hurt to have a support plan. I encourage you to consider who will be on your retiree roundtable. How often will you meet? What is it going to look like? Meeting for coffee with somebody or forming a group that regularly meets? In a study done by the National FOP and the NBC Corporation in 2018, peer support was found to be helpful by three quarters of those who utilize this resource. Scientific research tells us that when we're stressed, we release a hormone called oxytocin, which encourages us to seek support. And when we do so, it benefits our heart and our immunity. Although Charles Darwin has been credited with the phrase survival of the fittest, a further examination reveals otherwise. In fact, Darwin said, quote, those communities which included the greatest number of the most sympathetic members would flourish best and rear the greatest number of offspring, unquote. What Darwin calls sympathy today refers to terms like empathy, altruism, and compassion. This ideology has been referred to as survival of the kindest. All this to be said, peer support, community, and connection is the foundation for human beings to flourish. Whether it be for active first responders or retirees, something formal or informal, consider how this resource could be of value for you, for your loved ones, and your friends and former colleagues. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions about today's episode, please reach out at wendy at bluelineyoga.com. And I would appreciate a review and share if you found this episode valuable. It's our mission to create meaningful content and to offer support for our first responder community. Remember, we are better together. 